Whoa, we are back for the third interview episode of Home at Advantage. On this special episode, we're joined by world team member Forrest Molinari. For those who are unaware who Forrest is, she's a two-time senior world team member, a two-time U23 world team member, a two-time Pan American medalist. She's a four-time WCWA All-American, including a first-place finish in 2016. She's a 2015 world team member, and she's also fresh off of a Dogu title. Congratulations on that, Forrest. Thank you. No yeah, problem. I mean, hey, and if you don't know who, if you don't know who, uh, who Forrest Molinari is, you need to get out from a, whatever rock you're living under, because, dude, she, uh, she, uh, swept, swept up at uh, Final X Records. Now she's on a tear. Um, man, she's our, she's our world team rep. So, <laughs> so Forrest, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Uh, Let's just hop right into it and start off with saying, uh, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Um, so I grew up playing baseball, so all my friends were boys, and when we were getting into high school, they were all going to play football as well, and so I wanted to play football too, right? Because, like, me and my friends would play when Mm -hmm. we were younger, um, just, like, you know, backyard stuff, but getting into high school, I wanted to play, but I was, like, 95 pounds like not even five foot like I was really small but I didn't really realize I was that small um so I went into freshman orientation I was like I want to play football and the athletic director just laughed at me um you know because I was so tiny and so he suggested wrestling instead and I ended up you know going out for the wrestling team and used to get my butt kicked constantly by the boys at practice. But, I mean, I thought it was fun. Yeah. It was so different than, you know, any of the other sports I'd played. So I loved it for whatever reason and uh, still doing it 10 years later. That's awesome. How long did it take you to, like, start, like, loving the sport? I loved it instantly. I remember, uh, like, one of my first, you know, practices, we were running sprints. And just thinking, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Ever. Like, you know, I was getting pushed. Like, like I was still kind of a little kid, you know. And I was getting pushed, like, to my breaking point every practice. Like, it was just, it was so hard. But, I mean, I loved it from the get-go. I used to go home and, like, tell my mom and dad, like, all the cool stuff I learned at practice that day. And and I was going to get to go to the tournaments and things like that, you know. I mean, I loved it definitely from the get-go. And it, it's a tough sport. And I think it, the competitiveness in it, like, really uh, got my attention. Yeah. For what sure. did your parents think of you wrestling? It's funny. I didn't even find this out until maybe, like, a year ago. But my mom was like, yeah, go out for wrestling, sure. And I, she thought I'd quit, like, within a week. And then, um, like, I had no idea, but my mom was always cool, like, you know, trying stuff. So I would come home every day and just tell her, like, how awesome it was. And I loved it. And she was like, well, that backfired. Um, (laughs) That's, like, all I wanted to do was just, like, learn more about wrestling and stuff. Um, But they've always been super supportive, you know, of anything I wanted to try. And, you know, my mom finally figured out how to use flow. So this year she's been able to watch me compete a lot more. And, I mean, they never wrestled or anything, but they love watching me compete, know how hard I work and stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. So did you 
did you love any other sport on the same level as you did wrestling? Was it kind of like you loved all the sports? Or did as soon as you got in the wrestling room and, and had your first practice, was that like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life kind of thing? Um, I loved baseball. It's kind of funny. Like when I was younger and played, I played baseball for a good 10 years. And that was definitely like one of my first loves. And I thought I'd be the first girl in the MLB and, um, you know, just like young kid dreams. Um, but I definitely, you know, I loved baseball as much as I do wrestling. And, uh, but I didn't know that wrestling was going to take me as far as it did. I didn't even really think about a future in wrestling until later, like junior, senior year of high school, when it was like, oh, I could go to college, you know, and wrestle. That's when, like, I started thinking more ahead um, that wrestling could really take me places. And then, so baseball, definitely, you know, I uh, did dance when I was, like, really small. My mom was a ballerina, so she put me in ballet, like, when I was a kid, but that didn't last very long. And uh, (laughs) I did, like, swim team when I was younger. In high school, I played water polo, which was really, really fun. Um, You know, growing up in California, there's a lot of water polo teams out there. That was a blast. I threw for track and field just to, you know, play another sport in high school. I was always pretty busy. I did softball for like a year or two, but I didn't really like it because I thought it was going to be like just like baseball, but it was obviously completely different. Uh, Yeah. So baseball was a big one. And then I also uh, grew up riding motorcycles with my dad, uh, like quads and dirt bikes and stuff. And I really wanted to race dirt bikes when I was younger, Uh, but my mom wasn't having it. So what a 180 from a ballerina. Yeah, definitely. I still ride dirt bikes to this day. I I love it. But those are the two big ones, I'd say. Dan Dennis is big on dirt bikes. I know. I'm looking to buy one, actually, pretty soon. That's pretty cool. (laughs) That's so cool. So when you started out wrestling, did you you – because you're a lefty right now, aren't you? Yeah. Did you start out a lefty? Or is Uh that something you had to switch later on? No, I remember for a long time, I uh, I was I could wrestle both sides. I could wrestle righty and lefty. I'd not, like, one side didn't really feel dominant. Um, mm-hmm. I think more so in college is, like, when I started wrestling lefty all the time. Just because, like, I'm right-handed, so when you throw a baseball and step with your left foot forward, or when I skateboard, like, uh, my left foot's forward, you know, and I'm pushing with my right foot. So it just made sense to me that I would wrestle with my left foot forward, you know, because that's how I did mm. everything else. Um, so, I mean, maybe more so in a college. I remember Terry Steiner telling me one time that I needed to, like, pick a side and start really, like, becoming good, like, as a righty or lefty. And I just, I know lefty felt natural to me. Did you have much success early on in your wrestling career? Or was it kind of something that it developed later on? Because um, some people, like Jaden Cox, had a struggle in his first couple of years, and then he went undefeated when he decided he didn't like losing or something like that. I uh, definitely blossomed much later in my wrestling career. Um, like, in high school, I grew up in California, right? So our first like sanctioned state was my sophomore year and I did qualify for state my sophomore junior and senior years I took third my junior and senior year but I never won a state title 
Um, I went to Fargo once and got like seventh. You know, I I didn't real I didn't even make like a cadet or junior team until my sophomore year of college is when I made my first junior world team. So mm. it definitely took a long time. You know, I was I definitely started way later than most people do. Uh, you know, I didn't start till freshman year of high school. But once I got into college and was able to learn a lot more just fundamentals and, and learning more about wrestling. And uh, so, you know, being at King, that definitely helped a lot. JM taught me a lot there. And then, you know, as I've gotten older and wrestled more senior level tournaments and just developed my style, I would say I definitely did not see success early on. It took a long time. Okay. Well, who do you think played the biggest role in the growth of your wrestling for your youth? In my, like, when I was in high school, uh, my coach, we had a lot of coaches on my uh, team because a lot of my friends, like, grew up together or were cousins. It was a big family, pretty much. So a lot of my friends' dads and uncles all coached. So it was awesome to have them around, but... My main coach, uh, his name's Craig Holden. He's the athletic director and head football coach at Benicia High School in California. And he really, like, stuck through with me um, from start to finish, you know, and, and took me to all the tournaments, even though I sucked pretty bad early on. But, you know, just let me keep working and uh, was really encouraging. And me and him are still very close to this day. I mean, he was like a second dad. And I think he played a huge part in me, like, staying with wrestling and really growing my love for it. Hmm. Awesome. Um, so, uh, so, so, growing up, you played a lot of baseball and football and stuff against boys. Um, was your approach towards, like, wrestling boys any different? No. I mean, I played baseball with boys, and that's all I knew. So when I started wrestling and there was pretty much all boys, there was like maybe one or two other girls, like it just seemed normal. You know what I mean? Like I had always been on boys teams. Yeah. Um, it actually wasn't until I got into college and I was on an all girls team. I was like, Oh, this is way different. You know what I mean? The dynamic is very yeah. different. Um, but to think me, that... like, it seemed normal. Yeah. Did you think that wrestling with, um, wrestling with boys and stuff like all growing up, do you think that helps that helped you like for where you are right now? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think there's a clear difference between a girl that grew up wrestling boys and a girl that grew up wrestling other girls. Um, I think those mm-hmm. girls that grew up wrestling boys are a lot tougher and gritty. Um, their technique tends to be a little more advanced because, you know, they got to learn like, like boys are good. You got to learn how to score on them. So, I mean, I attribute a lot of, like, my toughness to wrestling boys when I first started. Yeah. So how do you feel about girls wrestling being added as, like, high school sports and all over America? I mean, it's awesome to see the growth. Like, we're, like, it, this sport's still very, very young. Like, we're at the beginning of it mm-hmm. and seeing it grow. I mean, it's going to be amazing to see where it's at in 10 years, you know. I think that soon all 50 states will have women's wrestling sanctioned in high school. I mean, we're going to see D1 programs, I think, probably. I mean, there's already one right now, I want to say Lock Haven, but I think we're going to see a lot of them start popping up, you know, within the next two to three years. So 
with all these things, you know, the sport's just going to keep growing. I know the numbers are the highest they've ever been for, like, Fargo participation. So it's just awesome. I mean, and the more girls you get, the more that are going to come and try out. It's just going to keep growing the sport. That's for awesome. sure. So talk about uh, your decision to wrestle in, wrestle in college. You talked about um, it was a big difference. It was a big switch from wrestling boys. It was kind of weird to have that um, light bulb turn on where it's just like I'm wrestling girls now. It's really weird that I'm it's all girls and everything. So why did you choose Missouri Baptist also? And um, why did you decide you wanted to wrestle in college? Um, I mean, by the end of high school, I mean, I knew wrestling was like my main sport and that's what I wanted to do. And that's the, the sport I wanted to pursue. So, but I didn't have really, you know, I didn't have accolades coming out of high school and the only school that was recruiting me was Missouri Baptist. And I hadn't met the head coach at the time, but the assistant coach, um, his name was Colby or no Colby Robinson. And I really liked him. He's a really cool dude. I mean, we still talk to this day. He's the one that introduced, like, gave me your phone number, right, Sam? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love Colby, and he's the one that recruited me to go to MoBAP. So, you know, that was the only school that was recruiting me at the time. And it was like I could play it safe and go because they were giving me a scholarship. Or if I didn't, you know, what if no other schools, like, wanted me? And then I didn't have any money to go to college. So I decided to go to MoBAP, and uh, it was okay. You know, Colby actually ended up leaving right before I got there, so that was kind of a bummer. He took a head coaching job at a high school down the street. Um, Mm. So I had my freshman year there, and then after I wanted to transfer, and I found King and me and Jason Mormon, you know, really connected. And uh, he was an awesome guy for, for me to be around and, you know, really do well at King. How did they notice you? Hey, did you have? Oh, you How did King off. notice you? Um, so after nationals my freshman year, I sent out uh, a bunch of emails to like the college coaches around after I saw like who the top teams were um, at nationals. Mm-hmm. And King obviously had just won the national title. So I, I just sent him out emails and like, hey, I'm looking for a school. And I had just taken third at nationals as a true freshman. That was pretty tough back then because like the girls were just studs um and he responded to me like literally within five minutes of me sending him an email and we like in a couple hours had an idea of a scholarship on the table and that was it I was sold I wanted to go to the best program in the country because I knew I'd get better there you know they had the best girls so so as soon as did you have success like at King yeah Um, yeah like right off the bat my sophomore year, I got fourth at nationals, which I think uh, I was just cutting too much weight at the time, and I think it was really affecting my wrestling. But I made my first junior world team after my first year at King. So, I mean, that's a huge jump, you know, from not even being yeah. close to making a world team. Uh, and then my junior year, I won college nationals. And then my senior year... Uh, I got second at nationals. I was wrestling up like two weight classes to help fill in the lineup. And I think the weight was just a little bit too big for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I did really well there. You know, JM took me to the open and, and to those trial tournaments. And that was really important for my growth in wrestling. He helped me 
gets sponsored by Titan Mercury. Um, and, you know, just help me move my career forward and develop my wrestling. So uh, how was life in Tennessee? How was life in Bristol? I loved Bristol. I mean, race weekend was probably my favorite weekend of the year next to Christmas. And I had such a good time. Like, you know, it was obviously very different than living in California. Um, big culture change. But I I grew to love the South, all, like, uh, the traditions and, you know, just, just things about it that make it what it is. I had a, a blast out there. Still really close with all my friends from college. Um, you know, I miss it. It was It was a good time. That's pretty cool. And I live in Memphis on the other side of the state, so I understand that. Yeah, yeah. When did you leave for Hawkeye Wrestling Club, and, and was that something you looked into or wanted to do prior to that? Um, so after college, I went to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado for a year. And then, if I don't know if you guys know Allie Reagan. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. she's, part, she's in the club, too. So Allie lived at the training center for three years and then moved to Iowa right before I got to the training center. So we just missed each other, but she would come back to the training center a lot and we'd wrestle all the time. And I knew she was living in Iowa and training with the Hawkeyes. And she's like, Hey, you should come out for a week and like just to train for fun, you know, before we went to a tournament. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I said, Hey, we should bring, you know, Kayla miracle and Michaela back along. And we were all at the time. We just thought it'd be cool to go train together for a week out there. And then once we got here, all of us realized, like, this is where we need to be, like, to get better, to make that jump in our careers. And we were able to just work it out perfectly. You know, Beck had just graduated high school. Kayla was finishing up her uh, last semester of college, and I was already out of school. So we were able to talk to Tom Brands and make it happen. And we all moved out here, I think, maybe like a month later. That's awesome. If you had to describe the Brands Brothers in just one short sentence, what would you say? Oh, and I want to I want to tell you real quick. We did this for Dan Dennis. Yeah. In April, and he said balanced intensity. That's a good way. That's, that's a good way to describe them. Give me a sec. Let me think. I mean, there's I there's so much to describe them. They're just such phenomenal people. But I'd say like dedicated intense passion okay oh that's so good that's real good what about uh terry steiner terry steiner is an amazing dude i mean he puts so much time and effort into women's wrestling and he just cares so much and it's awesome that you know he was a hawkeye too but that dude, I mean, I don't think women's wrestling would be where it's at in the United States today if it wasn't for Terry Steiner. Like, he's really helped push the sport, helped make people aware, get funding for us. I mean, he just cares. And, you know, it's those, those are rare people to have in your life um, that could really make a difference, you know. So I just appreciate Terry Steiner, like, more than he'll ever know. I mean, he's a great guy. That's awesome. And then, ironically, I've got another Mark Hawkeye Perry. for you. Yeah. Uh, Mark Perry is another Hawkeye who has um, dedicated a lot to women's wrestling and the growth of it. How would you describe him? Uh, oh, man. In, like, a short sentence? 
a short sentence, or I mean, you could you could go on. We just uh, okay. kind of want to hear uh, you talk about him. Very, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a privilege to get to work with him. That dude, he's a wrestling genius. Like for real, he he knows so much, and he understands like strategy and technique and just all like the mental game of it, all the aspects that go into wrestling. I mean, he knows so much about it and knows how to relate it to you, how to put the pieces together. Um, and I mean, shoot, he's John Smith's nephew. You know, he knows yeah. wrestling. He grew up around like top level wrestling. So to get to work with him, I mean, we have a great relationship. You know, we think very similar and he's a competitor in every sense of the word. So I think I attribute any growth that I've had over the last year to him 100%. I mean, I can't wait to see where I'm going to be at, you know, by Worlds, by Olympic trials, you know, you know, looking forward to the Olympics, too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see where I'm going to be at because he just he knows what he's doing. And I mean, he's just a phenomenal guy as well. It's a privilege. Right. That's great. Really, no, really blessed to, blessed to work with awesome coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, guys, we're going to keep talking with Forrest Small and Neri. But first, a word from our sponsor. What's up, wrestling fans? If you're looking for a visual company to our podcast, please be sure to check out the awesome photos at wrestlersarewarriors.com. Tony Rotundo is the photographer behind these photos, and he's a great friend of ours. His photos are amazing. Go see her for yourself at wrestlersourwarriors.com. Thanks again, guys. And we are back from our break. We're still here talking with Forrest Molinari. Um, so here's here's a kind of a tough question, but Forrest, um, after, so you lost by one point in your bronze medal match last but after that, you've just been on an absolute tear. Um, what do you attribute to that new mindset? How did, how did you come to reach this? Um, you know, no one likes losing, and I feel that I'm a pretty tough competitor, so I really, really hate losing. And not only mm-hmm. did I lose on, not even by a point, but by criteria, for a bronze medal, you know, at my first senior world championships, like it was my first yeah. go around and I could have medaled, you know, and to lose that on criteria because I didn't really do anything in that match for six minutes. I mean, it's still like burns to even think about it for the longest. Like when I first got back from worlds, like I couldn't even talk about it. Like it bothered me so much yeah. to know that I, I did that. Um, and let a medal, you know, a senior world championship medal slip away. So mm-hmm. since then, I mean, definitely, you know, actually being in Iowa for the full year has made a huge difference in my wrestling and in my mindset. And just knowing, like, I was that close to, you know, to not just a bronze medal, but, you know, I had a close match with the girl who got the silver medal. I had close matches a month before Worlds with the girl who won the gold medal. So, you know, I'm right there. It means I need to step it up. I need to make a change. And, you know, that change was definitely moving to Iowa and actually getting to spend a good, to- good amount of time here and really develop some areas in my wrestling that needed work. And 
just that mindset that that still is in the back of my head all the time and it still bothers me and that's just motivation that I'm never going to let that happen again. Um, I don't want to ever feel that way knowing that I let that that, uh, accomplishment slip away like that. So, you know, it's just I've been going full force this year. So what 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 did you think after at Final X Rutgers when you dropped your first match to to Maya Nelson? What what switched from then until the until match two? When I when I lost that first match, I walked off the mat and I was like, "What the hell am I doing right now? Like, you need to get it together, <laughs> big time! Like, you know, you can't yeah. waste time out there. Like, she's already up a match on me. Like, if she." wins this next match you're not on the world team so you need to get it together right now and I just like you know it's funny like everyone's been like why is Forrest mad and like my face and all those pictures but I was pissed (laughs) after that first match like I don't get taken taken down very often she got two takedowns right off the bat and I lost the match so I was I was on another level when I got in the back I was ready to go and just like tear heads off so yeah, and then did, also, your, did your coaches talk to you at all back there? Yeah, I mean Perry was there, and then I also called Tom Brands on the phone too, and talked to him. And in that first match, I didn't follow like the game plan very well. I was kind of just out yeah. there all over the place. And then in the second match, I followed the game plan and was like a little more in control. And you could see from the score, you know, that's how it should have gone. Uh-huh. Uh, right. But yeah, I was like. I was in disbelief after that first match. Mm-hmm. And then you just went full DeSanto mode. <laughs> I did. I definitely Seneco did. mode. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I was not going to let someone take away that world team spot for me. Like, I've been saying, Low all year, you know, this is my weight class. And I, and I had to back it up. Yeah. Did, you know? Oh, yeah. Low-key, I was really scared when you walked off the match. And you like walked by me, and I was like, "Oh no, she, <laughs> someone's gonna die." <laughs> I was scared. Yeah, I was. I was That's not a awesome. happy camper until I got the job done. Yeah. And then a week later, after you made your second world team, you were in Lincoln supporting your Hawkeye Wrestling Club teammates. Why do you feel that the University of Iowa has created such, I mean, great relationships? And we saw that with you at at uh, Lincoln between athletes that you would just drive four hours the week after you just made a world team to support your teammates. That was pretty cool. Thanks. Um, I think, you know, the level of intensity that we train at, you know, really pushes you to that point. Like pretty much every day, there's no easy day here. And when you can look, you know, side to side and see teammates, uh, going through the same thing you are and, and pushing themselves just as hard as you are, you know, it makes you feel good knowing you're going through that with someone and you're getting better with someone on like this journey and going mm-hmm. through this process. So, you know, I, I had no doubt in my head that like, no matter what happened at Rutgers, I was still going to Lincoln and I was kind of happy that Rutgers was first because then I could go to Lincoln and not have any distractions except making sure that, you know, Allie and Kayla were ready to go, and I could do whatever I needed to to make sure they get the job done. So, and Gilman, yeah, too, yeah. you know, I mean, Gilman didn't need me for, like, a training partner or anything, but I wanted to help <laughs> Gilman out in any way I could. 
and because those are my teammates, you know, and I care about them and I see what they go through in the room every day. And I know the work they put in. And it's just, you know, there's just something about this program. It's such a family dynamic. You know, if mm -hmm. anything, if I ever needed yeah. anything, you know, they would drop everything that's going on to help me out. So, you know, you just, when you have that kind of bond with the team, you know, you'll do whatever it takes to help them accomplish their goals. How long do you think that's been in place at Iowa? Since the beginning of time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when I, it's crazy now to see, you know, the guys that wrestled here in the past, alumni that still, you know, they donate to the program and they help out any way they can. And, you know, they haven't been in college for, you know, 20 years now. Anyone who was a part of this, this Hawkeye wrestling program, you know, they're, they're always a part of it. You know, they bleed black and gold. And it's just something about being here and the history behind it and, you know, what you go through in the room every day. You don't forget it. Special. And with the NCAA wanting to add uh, women's wrestling as a D1 sport in 2020, it wouldn't be surprising if Iowa was the first one to go, wouldn't it? No, I mean, we're the first, like, RTC that has, like, a women's team, not just, like, you know, one or two, but, like, an actual team here. I would, mm -hmm. I would not be surprised to see Iowa having it, hopefully, you know, like, 21-22. That would be awesome. Oh, wow. I'd love, I'd so love for that to That's get big. Great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be, uh, and we'd be mean as hell. Uh, <laughs> we'd so be a, a serious team to contend with. Makes you kind of wish oh, you still had eligibility, awesome. doesn't it? I know, right? How cool would it be that I actually got to wrestle for the University of Iowa? That oh, would have been really cool. That would I'm, ex I'm excited to watch women's wrestling in D1. That that's that's going to be awesome. I know, right? It's going to be really, really cool. Well, yeah, and then we get more eyes on it and spread the awareness and more that's girls wrestle and more people like, come out. Yeah, exactly. The more like uh, states that have it sanctioned in high school – the more colleges that get it, once D1 colleges start getting it, you know, like like Big Ten schools, that's going to be a lot of attention, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, a lot of drawing people to the sport and creating more awareness, and that's the best way to grow it, you know? For sure. So, uh, so, so Forrest, how was, uh, how was the Dogu? Dude, Turkey was so cool. I have never been before, but it was awesome. It was awesome to... You know, finally get a gold medal at a ranking tournament, solidify my spot yeah. as the number two going into Worlds, uh, just get, you know, get a couple good matches in as my last tournament before Worlds. Um, it was just a whole, the whole week was awesome. Have you ever wrestled in, uh, in like a foreign tournament before, like travel overseas to wrestle? Oh, yeah. I mean, the last couple of years I've wrestled more uh, overseas than I have in the states the only time i wrestle in the states now is like the open or final x the open. otherwise everything yeah. else is is international tournaments because i need to keep wrestling all those those foreign girls and getting their fields and figuring them out before world championships how uh how old were you when you did your first foreign tournament mm. was it junior worlds yeah it might have been junior worlds was my first one Wow. So, hell of a first tournament. Right in, right in the deep end. Yeah. yeah jumping in full <laughs> the deep end. That's insane. Yeah. Um, what do you, what, 
what was that like? What's it like going over there for the first time? And you're like, you're there. It's under the spotlight, you know, junior worlds. Yeah, what was it like? I mean, I didn't know that like overseas they wrestle repetage, you know, it's not like the regular mm-hmm. brackets like we do in the States. So I didn't even understand like how the brackets worked. Uh, oh my. Or like, you know, the whole tunnel, like leading you out and just, I didn't know anything about international wrestling. So everything was very new. And I was kind of just trying to go with the flow because I didn't really know what was going on. Um, And I just knew that I had to win matches. But it was was cool. And I remember being so mad when I lost, uh, lost in the quarters because I knew the girl, like, wasn't good enough to pull me through. I think I punched a cement wall. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, the right moment on my part. Um, yeah, it definitely taught me a lot. Like, you know, wrestling yeah. at international tournaments is way different than wrestling in the States. So it kind of yeah. sucks that my first experience was a world championships because maybe I could have been a little more prepared, but it's all good. You know, it was a learning experience. It was awesome to get to go to and participate. So it's all good. Yeah. When did, uh, I know Sam, you have some questions about the Dogu, but, uh, First, when did you first get into freestyle? When did you decide that freestyle is where you wanted to go? I didn't even know, like, this is how, like, naive I was. I didn't know there was wrestling, like, outside of, like, high school season until after my junior <laughs> year. I know, right? It's funny what? to say. I just, I didn't know anything about the sport when I started. So, like, yeah. I, I didn't know we had a club for summer wrestling until after my junior year. So that's the first time I wrestled freestyle. And I loved it right off the get because I couldn't get off bottom in folk style to save my life. I was terrible <laughs> yeah. at bottom. So, like, they told Just me, oh, road, freestyle, red. like, all on your feet. And I was like, this is great. You know, this is all I want to do anyways. So, I loved freestyle. That's awesome. Um, so, after my junior year in the summer, I wrestled freestyle in Greco. And then the summer after my senior year, too. That's so cool. All right, Sam, you can ask your Dogu questions now. um well you had the you were at fourth seed prior to the dogu right yeah and so that was huge for seeding purposes right 100 percent um at the time i didn't know that the two the girl who was ranked number two that russian i didn't know Mm -hmm. she was going down to 62 and I also didn't know if the girl who was at number three, like she had wrestled 68 before and we had to see if she was going to make the Canadian team at 68 before, uh, like I knew where my seed was going to be. So there was a lot of different variables going on with the seeding. So me going to Dogu, you know, and winning that tournament, even if those girls didn't move out of my weight class, like made sure I was going to be the number two seed. And made sure, you know, I got one more tournament in before Worlds. Right. How much do well, you pay attention to uh, results and rankings and stuff like that? Um, I mean, maybe not as much in the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, you'll see rankings, like, when they first come out. But otherwise, I focus yeah. more on getting better, you know, and, and building, building in areas that I need work. After the ranking tournaments, they'll, like, say, like, new seeds are out or whatever. I might, like, I don't have a problem, like, looking at it. It doesn't bother me or anything. Um, uh-huh. And I already knew I was, like, going to be in the mix for, like, the top four this year. 
I mean, I was only two points behind the girl who was at number two before Dogu. Um, you know, we were all pretty close together. So I just wanted to make sure for, for Worlds that I got that two seed and, uh, you know, set myself up good. Nice. Did you, treat, did you treat the Dogu as more of a, a tournament to earn a better seed or as a tune-up for Worlds? Which one did you kind of feel was the reason for Dogu more? Both. Both? Like, like 100% <laughs> for both, yeah. So that was, a, that was a great event for you to get in. Why, why do you think um, you were the only women's wrestler from the United States there? Um, so they had sent out an email saying that we were only going to send, uh, any girls whose ranking that last tournament could affect. Okay. Um, And then like anyone else who didn't have ranking points or were already, you know, solidified for the number one spot, like they didn't really have to go. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and especially, you know, the Olympic weights are going to have to wrestle at Pan Am games in a couple weeks. So I was the only one who, you know, it's ranking could affect. So that's why I was the only one that went. That's all. Oh, okay. Did you like the Turkish food there? You talked about you love, you love Turkey and the culture there. Do you like yeah, the food? Yeah, the culture is cool. It's, it's kind of crazy because I didn't know what to expect at first, but it was like a mix of Russian, European, a little Asian, and a little bit of Middle Eastern. Like, all of that, like, mixed into one, I would describe as turkey. Um, nice. the, all the food that I Pretty ate, cool. I thought was really good. I liked everything. Um, it was fun. We went to the Grand Bazaar, and that place was, like, a maze, dude. I mean, it was massive. Like, all these little stores. Like, I, I got lost in there. It took me a while to get out. Um, <laughs> and then we saw... I forget how to say it. It's like a, a cysteine or a cistern or something. It was like these underground tunnels that uh, were like waterways, and they would bring water. Like they would ride boats in there and bring water into the city through them. It was really cool oh. like, to explore. Uh, so it was cool to like see the city, and then there's like the Asian part of Istanbul, and then there's the European part. You know, um, it was a lot of fun. That's really that cool. That's awesome. Okay, so I let's uh let's answer some of the questions we got uh before it's time to go. So um, thank you guys so much for sending us some questions to our Twitter. But here we go. And Forrest, you can answer all of them. Answer okay. every single one. Uh, he says, "So wrestler never dies as a cat fan." He asks, "Who would be your number one pick in a fantasy NCAA wrestling league?" Sam, who do you think he would be? Forrest is going to like this one. I'm taking Spencer Lee Ooh. all day long. Can I, does it need oh, to be she... someone who's in the NCAAs now, or can it be a, a wrestler from the past? Uh, you know what? NCAA we'll make an exception for, for you. But, okay. Sam, let her do, we'll do what both. she wants. We'll do both. For... All right, let's do both. Let's do okay. both. Um, for the past? Kale Sanderson, I call dibs. <laughs> All right. For me, I'm going to pick Mark Perry for pass. Okay. Nice. And for current, I'm not going to pick Spencer because you already picked him, Sam. Uh-huh. This is tough. Um, this is a tough one. 
I'm gonna go with DeSanto. I like it. DeSanto. <laughs> that kid doesn't awesome. get tired. He's crazy. He's a little. He's insane, man. <laughs> Sam, who is your, uh, who is your uh, all time? Well, that was really hard because you took Kale Sanders and he's the easy number one pick because of his bonus points and he obviously never lost, so that's kind of easy to go with him. Yeah, uh, I have to think. I have to think of somebody, somebody else that's kind of underrated. Jude, you pick. You pick your, uh, your, right current. now, current guy. Uh, I'll go Yanni. Oh, Yanni's Yanni. a good pick, definitely. Yanni Diakamahalas. Oh, wow. That's um, a good one. I could go with uh, you Kyle You stick Day. with the Hawkeyes and go Dan Gable. Oh, yeah. He, he was Iowa State, though. He was Iowa State wrestling. He was coach for Iowa. And he only had three years in college because they didn't let you wrestle your freshman year then, so that yeah. wouldn't be a great pick. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd go with Logan Stever. Logan he Stever. pinned a lot of people. And yeah, he won all four years. Kyle Dake for, you know, four for four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's Doesn't a good be good. I, good there's, just, there's just so many wrestlers. I know. I've got so um, many running through my head that it's hard to pick just one. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We should, we should move on to the next question. If you think, if anyone thinks of another athlete, you can pick them out. All right. Here's a great one from Cliff Fretwell. He's our uh, he's our man. He did a podcast with us just like three days ago, but he asks us if you could wrestle in any athlete's body for one tournament, who and why? John Smith. Sam, who do you got? John Smith. John Smith. That that would be a really good one. Now for me, it depends. If it's wrestle my weight class kind of thing, or it's like my age level tournaments or something, or like wrestle their tournaments, just. Uh, me instead of them, but in their body kind of thing. Uh, if it was my age, I would say Kyle Snyder because he is so freakishly strong. <laughs> that would be such uh, a help. <laughs> if I could just <laughs> grab somebody and they fall down, that would be so awesome. And um, and then, but if I wrestled in their body and their tournaments and stuff, it'd be easily Jaden Cox. That man can do so much. Freak athlete, he's unreal. I would rest. I would want to be John Smith just because I'm trying to study like how he moves, and I obviously like shooting a low single, you know, Mm -hmm, and to be mm -hmm. able to feel like how he does it and what he sees. You know, he's the one that literally developed the shot and all the finishes for it. So, like to get that feel through his eyes, like it'd be unreal, you know. Right. That would be really cool. Yeah. What about uh, I was you, thinking, dude? listen, man, I got to go with my guy, Anthony Kassar. Uh, <laughs> namely, because wrestling at heavyweight is pretty darn bad. And Anthony's super athletic and strong. So that'd just be kind of cool to be in a, a yeah, body with a, some muscles for once. He's a serious athlete. He really is. There are a lot of people who you could pick. Just wouldn't go wrong with them. If you pick yes. Dan Dennis and you had a gut wrench like that, that would be... Really awesome. And then oh. uh, you could pick Jordan Burroughs for the last double. Definitely. Or you could pick Kyle Dake and all his bombs he's got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gilman and his clubs. 
Jeez, this is just turning oh, into like oh Victoria Anthony they're like, inside tramps. Yes, definitely a good one. They're just like all these questions are like you have to pick one person. We're like let's just pick all of them. Get all the great wrestlers <laughs> yeah. we can pick. Appreciating everybody. Oh man. Only on home at advantage. Only on home at advantage. All right. Um the last question we got from Mark Fitzgerald. He asks if you could train anywhere in the world outside the United States of America, where would you train? So I don't think they allow women here, but if I could somehow train in Dagestan, in Russia, <laughs> I don't think uh, women are allowed dude, we, there. But man, we, literally, we literally just... <laughs> we both, Sam and I, like at once picked Dagestan. Like, really? Dagestan, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Well, I changed... The best wrestlers in the world come out of there, you know, next to yeah. the United States. Like, and their depth is so much that they have wrestlers going to other countries to wrestle for them. Because it's mm-hmm. so hard to team in Russia. Like, they have such phenomenal yeah. wrestlers there. Like, to get to go train there and see what it's like, you know how much you could learn, you know? It'd be awesome. Uh, for us, I think you would get uh, bored. I think I don't think they do enough hard wrestling there. Enough hard wrestling. I know the foreigners aren't real big on drilling. It's either like super it's loose like, uh, or straight live. Yeah. There's no in between. I like there. that. That's great. Um I think I would pick either uh I don't know, the lost city of Atlantis or maybe um I don't know, Area fifty one or like Neptune. It'd be cool to go to Neptune. You know, like I can go and bring a training dummy. Listen, hey, hey, get some sightseeing in while you're out there. I'm gonna stick with Dagestan. Okay, I'm not going crazy. (laughs) Dagestan's definitely the place Uh, to go uh, for that. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm springing this on you, Sam. And Sam, this is not an opening, like an opening to an argument or anything like that. All right. Okay. Forest. What's up? Would you say that it is? Would you say that well, like someone with a really strong mind, like mentally strong athlete, could wrestle as hard as they possibly can for seven minutes straight without, like, um missing their pace with like keeping a very high pace the entire seven minutes do i think it's possible is that what you're asking or do you um i think the question is 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 it a mental thing do you have to be mentally strong to do it yes i mean obviously the obvious side of it is having the shape and the conditioning to do that but even if you do have the shape and conditioning to do something like that, uh, the mental game is a huge aspect of it. You know what I mean? To be able to tell Absolutely. yourself uh-huh. to, to not let off the gas pedal whatsoever for seven minutes straight. Um, yes, I 100% think you have to be very mentally strong to do that. Absolutely. Right. So would you say that um, being mentally strong can push you through like exhaustion so you can be like super duper tired but tell yourself like i'm gonna keep going you just keep going through it is that yeah. a thing that your, you do your uh, mind will quit 
a thousand times before your body actually quits. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be so many times if you're doing the hardest workout of your life that you're going to be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. But your body doesn't actually quit to the point it cannot go anymore. Right. You know what I mean? So to be mentally strong is to be able to keep telling yourself to go until your body gives out. Right. Yeah. Wow. All right. Sure. Okay. Forrest. Thank you so much for coming on. This no was problem, this was guys. awesome. I, yeah, was no, really I really, fun. really enjoyed talking. Um, but guys, I think that it does it for uh, another one of our special interviews. Sam, you just released like three episodes in like five days. That was we're, great. We're on a tear. Cliff yeah, Rutwell, Johnny DeJulius, and Forrest Molinari. Awesome. Power. Power. Um, it's great. Thank you so much, Forrest, for coming on our podcast. No huge shout-out to... Uh, guys. Yeah, huge shout-out to WrestlersOrWarriors.com for being our sponsor. Sam, thank you so much for uh, helping organize this, getting this all together. And, Forrest, hopefully we can get you back on again sometime. Yeah, maybe give me a call after World Championships. Hopefully I'll have a gold medal. We can talk about that. That'll yeah, be fun we'll to run talk it about back. for sure. Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Sam, anything else? Nah, man. Uh, go win a gold medal for us, Forrest. Yeah, do it, Forrest. LFG. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Burr, man, the snow. Okay, Burr. we will see you guys next time.